Welcome to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where I share inspiring stories of ordinary people who walk out God's Word and discover radical results along the way. friends this is our last walk it out podcast before christmas which is really hard to believe and i wish that today's topic was as sweet as sugar plums but that's just not the case why because as wonderful as christmas is there are some very hard things too this christmas some of us may be missing family members around the tree i know i am some of us may have those who we love who've recently received very hard diagnosis and we have that in our family too Then there are those with work challenges, financial debt, and heartbreak with your kids. I won't lie to say that we don't feel the impact of some of those things around the Goyer house. But before this podcast starts to sound too depressing, I want to tell you that it's actually about hope. The hope we have in Christ in the midst of all the really hard stuff in life. My guest today is Tara Johnson. Tara is an author, speaker, and Jesus lover who just lives in the next town over. So it's super fun that I get to be a part of her real life, and she's a part of my real life too. Tara has a beautiful family, and her first novel is coming out next summer with Tyndale, and we'll be talking about more of that in the show. But behind the beautiful smile, Tara has had some really hard things that she's walked through. Now, every week when I invite a guest, I have my guests fill out a questionnaire, and I use that to guide our conversation. I don't always have a chance to go over everything's covered, and Tara and I talked about many things, both hard and wonderful things, um, but I really want to read what she wrote in this little questionnaire that we didn't get around to talk to on the show. So I asked Tara, what is one thing of a time when God really showed up in your life? And this is what Tara wrote. She said, several years ago, I was diagnosed with gastroparesis, a disorder that keeps the stomach from pumping. It's a nerve problem which involves pain, nausea, esophagus spasms, reflux, and a host of other issues. This nerve dysfunction has now progressed to my larynx. Gastroparesis is a progressive disease. Unless God intervenes, it will get worse. In short, I am losing my ability to sing. This might not be a big deal to some. For me, it's been a hard blow. I mean, I wasn't just a sing-in-the-shower kind of girl. I was signed with a Christian record label. Ten years ago, I thought God made it clear he wanted to use my voice to help others find freedom in him. When he began whispering hints of change, I was confused. The God-ordained plans that had seemed so certain to me suddenly shifted, and I was reminded of this important truth. The more you build your identity on something other than Christ, the greater the pain when that identity crumbles. It's been a time of grieving, yet it's also been sweet to sit at his feet as he has tenderly prepared my heart, teaching me, loving me, guiding me onto a new path, a new adventure. God has shown me a great creative beauty in writing. I attended my first ACFW, which stands for American Christian Fiction Writers, meeting, and I learned about the author's voice. That's when it hit me. I can have a voice and still not have a voice. He is so good, and he has already done more with this new voice than he did with the old. He's taught me to trust him. Even when it hurts, his broken way yields much greater results. Wow, that just brings tears to my eyes, and 
I know that many of us feel as if we're walking the broken way right now. And we are. This world is broken by sin. We are broken souls in a broken world, walking among broken people, and that brings a lot of pain. Tara, in this podcast, is going to share the hope she found in Jesus, even in the midst of that pain. And I know that you will be blessed by her story and by her transparency. So here's Tara. Well, I'm going to introduce my friend, which is so fun because she lives in my town. And so I wish we could have been doing this um, face to face, but we can't. And we'll explain in a second why we're not able to meet face to face all the time. But my friend Tara Johnson is an author, a speaker, a homeschooling mom from Alexander, Arkansas. And she loves to travel to churches, lady retreats and prisons and share how God has led her into freedom after spending years living shackled as a people pleasing preacher's kid. And I have to say her new novel is going to be out soon. We'll be talking about that more later. Um, I'm excited about that. But Tara, welcome. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. Yeah. And okay, so we're both homeschooling moms. To be with you today. Um, I, what's happening with your kids right now? Because I am in yes. my bedroom and I told them everyone get a book. Everyone <laughs> sit down and read a book. I'm just going to be talking with my friend for like 30 minutes and don't pound on the door. So what's happening with your kids right now? Okay. So you are a lot more um, educational than I am because I gave my kids pizza, my, I gave my kids pizza and told them <laughs> to watch SpongeBob until this was over. So you, you, you are doing much better than I am today. So <laughs> I told them, I said, we'll get back to everything as soon as this is over. So, the, so they're, they're happy, but, um, right now it's yeah, quiet, you're wondering. It's a too quiet. So I'm a, I'm, as long as I don't hear, you know, smell smoke or, or see blood, we're, we're good right now. So. That is awesome. <laughs> okay, so SpongeBob, my kids love SpongeBob too. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty smart. I told them books, so we'll see how well this goes. Right now, <laughs> right now <laughs> the bonus go. points go to you because that's, that's a lot better. Of course, one of my kids can't read yet, so yeah, that that doesn't yeah. help me <laughs> but that's okay. Well, <laughs> SpongeBob and pizza definitely works. So for th- for those of um, yeah, my works. listeners that aren't familiar with you, just tell us, I, I know I read your little bio, but tell us a little bit more about yourself and then um, just share a little bit also growing up as a pastor's kid. What was that like? Okay. Yeah. Growing up as a preacher's kid um, was interesting. I actually liked being a preacher's kid. Uh, there are some I know who who don't like it. They don't like the accountability of leaving like under that, that glass bowl, you know, where everybody watches you. But, um, for the most part, I liked it. I think that accountability can, can be good. Um, if you're in a healthy church. Um, but, uh, the one thing I noticed growing up was that we as Christians tend to uh, pick each other apart sometimes. And I got it in my head that God was happy if the church was happy which is not true, <laughs> but some, for some reason I thought that. So in my mind, I thought I had to keep everybody happy all the time. And that meant putting on a good little Christian girl mask and a happy uh, face and attitude and just doing what everybody wanted, just to keep the peace, you know. And unfortunately, that people-pleasing habit got worse the older I got. And I became the it person in church. You know, if anyone needed um, to um, teach a class, 
lead VBS, take the kids to church camp, wash the windows at 2 a.m. I was always the one that, that headed up the committee um, or did it myself. And especially when we got married and moved away from where my dad was pastoring, you know, we joined a new church and I had to prove my worth to everybody there all over. So it was actually worse because these people didn't know me. So I've got to show them I'm super Christian, you know, um, and it was years later before I realized I actually had fallen for um, one of the enemy's greatest lies. And that was that um, I thought that approval and love were the same thing. Um, they are not the same thing at all. They're polar opposites. Um, I, I had this great wound inside that that it was basically I thought that I, um, I I needed people's approval to be loved. I was craving unconditional love. And you can't find unconditional love in conditionally minded people. And it took a hard walk through depression to figure that out. But God tenderly showed me um, through so many beautiful ways that trying to find my worth in people is never going to fulfill me. He's the only one that can do that. And living to please him is all that matters. And so he's transformed my walk with him in about the past 15 years, I would say. 10, 15 years um, is when I've really learned how to walk in freedom with him and that he his his burden is light. You know, he's he's paid for all my mistakes, my mess ups already. Um, I just need to live to please him. And, and um, he is so much more loving and forgiving than people yes. <laughs> will ever be, you know, and it's a it's a beautiful truth to learn and embrace and grow in. I love that. And I have so many questions. So we'll just start yes. with one by one. But Go first of all, I have to say, like, as someone, because I like lead teen mom support groups and have worked in the church, we love those people that we can call on for anything. I just have to say, like, yes. it is so easy, first of all, to like, oh, thank you so much. And just reach out to those people, the same people over and over and over again. Um, but I also, like you, was one of those people. Mm -hmm. where I always felt like if I was asked, I had to say yes. And yes. Um, for me, I was a, a teen mom. And so I had to prove like I was a good Christian wife and mom now and look at all the good things I could do for God. But it it was like we were completely overwhelmed. And you talk about that leading to depression in your life. Tell us a little bit just about what that looked like. And when did you realize that it had to do your depression had to do with the people pleasing? That's that's a great question. Um, I had there was always some some history of depression in my family. We didn't talk a lot about it, but I, I was aware of it. Um, but I, I was uh, in my I think it was my senior year at the University of Arkansas Little Rock. I was a performance major um, in voice, so you're already on stage all the time, performing. So I was performing at church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was performing um, there singing in, in dance troops and theater troops, all these things. I was constantly in the performance mode. I was working at the music department. I was um, teaching classes Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night at church, teaching piano from my home. Um, I was constantly just in performance you know, mode out there for everyone to see. And during this time, I think it was the start of 2002, um, I began gaining a lot of weight. I mean, not a lot, but a lot for, for me. It was like all of a sudden I just put on about 15 pounds. 
like, uh-huh. like in the course of about a month and a half, which is enough in the course of a month and a half to kind of make you go, oh, wow, you know, something's wrong. And I couldn't concentrate in my music classes uh, at all. Uh, the, my professor would say, okay, Tara, can you, can you play this beat or can you sing this lick or whatever? And I would, I just couldn't do it. I just remember being so frustrated because I could not focus enough to, to do what I needed to do and just thinking something is really off um, and the need for sleep was so overwhelming. It didn't matter if I got six hours of sleep, 10 hours of sleep, 14 hours of sleep. I always woke up feeling completely exhausted. And um, I remember sitting in music class and just looking at these things that I used to love, you know, these these scores and these ideas of these songs and different things. And just remember looking at it thinking, if I look at one more note, I'm going to vomit. I hate this. These things that I love to do just... There was no interest in it whatsoever. And so I, uh, I don't know, I, I reached my breaking point. I, I, when I say I was a people pleaser and really good at performing, my husband didn't even know. I had so much resentment inside. Wow. He thought I was a super Christian as well. He had right. no idea. So in this one night um, in the middle of these, I'd had performances all day long and and my husband um, had had told me, he said, hey, we're supposed to host the teens in our church for a lock-in tonight. Don't forget. Oh, my word. I had totally forgotten. And then my brother, I think my brother-in-law was the one who had called and said, hey, um, sis, me and some of the other family members are coming in this weekend to stay. Um, they lived out of town. And I was, there's something that just happened to me. I just snapped. Mm. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. Um God, I don't know um, what's going on, but this is not the victorious life that you promised me. I felt like God had lied to me. Well, of course, looking back, God didn't lie to me at all. Um, I had lied to myself and I had fallen for, you know, Satan's schemes in my life. But I, I was real quick to, to accuse God um, of all my problems. But um, but I just remember laying there. I, I fell in a heap on the bathroom floor and just sobbed and sobbed and just felt like I was drowning. Wow. I just couldn't keep up with all of it. And I remember telling God, I don't care if you take me out or if you take everybody else out. <laughs> I don't care which <laughs> way done. you do it. I, I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. I can't breathe. I just, I'm drowning. I can't breathe. And my husband thought I was losing my mind. You know, he's like, what is wrong with you? And I said, I can't. I'm done. I'm done. I've reached my breaking point. I'm done. Um, I'm, I very much, I'm an internalizer, so I can take a lot of stress and I internalize all of it, but then I explode, you know, um, when I, when I can't take any more. And, um, I went to the doctor, uh, the next day, um, cause he was like, something's really wrong. And he actually got angry. He was like, am I not enough for you? What's wrong? He thought it was him, something wrong with him, you know? And, right. um, and, and my, my doctor said, oh, hon, you're depressed. And, told him, I said, I can't be depressed. I'm a good little Christian girl. I'm a good little Christian girl. So don't get depressed. You know? And right. um, he said, well, if that were true, we wouldn't have most of the Psalms. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to thinking later, that is, that is so true. You know, King David was depressed half of his life, bless his heart. Um, Elijah was so depressed. He was suicidal. He just told God, he had kill me. I'm done. It's enough. And um, we have so many of these great heroes of faith. Uh, Charles Spurgeon, had horrible struggles with depression, so much so that he would leave London for months at a time because um, the the atmosphere there, he had seasonal affective disorder, among other issues, and he just, it was just really hard for him. And so the issue is not whether Christians get depressed, but, you know, it's who they turn to for their healing. And depression comes from so many different reasons. Mine 
actually was an issue um, with sin because I was living, I had made people my idol, but for so many other people, it's, it's just a chemical imbalance or it's abuse, you know, that they have when they were younger or, or it's um, like a seasonal affective disorder, so many different things. But, um, but my, you know, my doctor just helped me realize um, you, yes, you are a Christian, but that doesn't mean that, that um, there's something wrong with you. So he gave me some medicine to help treat the symptoms until we figured out what the cause was. And he right. he gave me the best advice ever. He said, I want you to go home and study the life of Jesus. And I admit, I kind of rolled my eyes like, okay, I've heard that all <laughs> my life, you know. And he said, I don't want you to figure out, he said, I want you to study what Jesus said, but figure out how did he deal with people? Did he always say yes? Did he always, um, was he always nice? Did he always do what people wanted him to do? And I want you to take a few months aside. I want you to get some sleep, catch up on your rest. Basically do what God did with Elijah, which is take care of his physical needs first. Give him some emotional support and then deal with the spiritual side of things, you know. He said, so I want you to do all these things, but then figure out how did Jesus deal with people. And then I want you to come back and tell me what happened. And in doing that, I realized Jesus was not a people pleaser. He's a God pleaser. He didn't always tell people what they wanted to hear, and he didn't always do what people wanted him to do. His goal in life was to do the will of the Father and only the will of the Father. And um, when I realized that, I thought, wow, I have been living my life for all the wrong reasons. I've been, I've been living for people, you know, people's right. approval and them saying, good job, you know, you, you came through for us, but not once had I ever stopped and asked God, do you want me to do this? You know, is this your will for me? And, and that realization is what transformed. And that was the turning point in, in my walk with him. Um, so I, I asked him to, to just forgive me for that. And so much of it, I just was kind of on autopilot and um, I asked him to forgive me and just show me how to become a, a God, please. A God pleaser, God pleasing girls, we'll say, and and he did, and it's uh, so that's that's wow. the long version there, of that. <laughs> I love that. Well, there's so much I love about that. First of all, what a wise doctor. I mean, yes. you could tell that God was just speaking through that doctor because that's so amazing. Um, and second of all, I just want to say here that you know, for all those Christians out there that think like, oh, we don't need medication. We just need more prayer. I mean, there are times we need medication yes. and it's important. Um, having kids that I've adopted, a lot of them came with a lot of medications. And I remember going into the doctor's office, like after they just moved in, I'm like, okay, when can we get off these medications? You know, yeah. you know, they have a family now. And the doctor's looking at me like I'm crazy <laughs> and yeah. started explaining, explaining some of the chemical imbalances and um, even the trauma causes Mm -hmm. certain anxieties. And for some of our kids, we have been able to um, get them off of antidepressants and other medication through time, mm -hmm. through, um, you know, them going to therapy and finding healing and doing it safely through a doctor. Some of them, you know, will continue who knows how long to be on medication. But I never understood until, you know, I have a, a little, you know, preteen come to me and say, I just feel like every moment something bad is going to happen and yeah. you know talking to the doctor and talking about anxiety and the feelings of impending doom and um just realize like yes we I, I am you know sitting down with my kids daily and going through scripture and we're talking and praying but there is medication there and there are chemical imbalances that do happen Absolutely. um and so 
I, I love that you're able to, you know, just I think so many times in the Christian world, we just think, oh, that's that's a bad thing. We can't do that. But no, it's necessary at times. It is. I mean, we live in a day and age where it's it's available. You know, some people can't take them. I had one one girl that came up to me and said, I, I was on um, some antidepressants and, and they made me nuts. I was like, that's okay. That meant that maybe that means God doesn't want you to take them. You know, they, maybe they don't right. work for you. They're natural remedies, you know, that, that, that will help. Um, but the thing is that um, our bodies are broken. We live in a broken world. Our bodies are broken. Our hearts give out. Um, you know, we have diabetes, we have thyroid issues. How crazy of us to not think that our brain chemicals can't, um, can't suffer just like any other part of our body. And so sometimes they need medical help just like anything else. And, um, it's, it's a tool, you know, that, um, that we have in this day and age. But yeah, when, when we, um, when depression is caused through a spiritual issue, sometimes when that spiritual, spiritual issue gets fixed, then we're able to get off the medications and that's awesome. But when it's not a spiritual issue, like you say, when it's just a chemical imbalance, cause something doesn't work right in your body, you know, you just praise God for those medications being available. Um, cause they weren't a hundred years ago. Um, and right. it makes such a difference. And, and absolutely, and especially those kids, those young kids that have gone through so much, um, in their lives, it's, um, it's, it's really hard to deal with. Um, and, and right. praise God for good Christian families who, who understand that and support them because while wow, prayer and scripture, um, just provide that, 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 that beautiful, um, healing hope that they need to get through it. Absolutely. And what I love too, is that your doctor sent you to God's word. You know, he said, yes. read the Psalms, read, um, how did Jesus live his life? And that, I mean, that's what the whole walk it out is about. It's about looking to God's word, and then taking those steps. And, you know, so many people say, well, if I do that, I'm just going to be running all the time. And it's like, actually, no, it's the opposite. <laughs> like, like you were saying, Tara, it's sometimes it's realizing like God didn't call me to any of this and going to his word isn't going to mean like every day God's going to say, okay, now go to China next week or right. go talk to your neighbor tomorrow. I mean, sometimes it's, God's word says, be still and know that I am God. You know, it says, um, you know, stop chasing after the wind. I mean, God's word speaks to us um, and he will show us and direct us. And sometimes that, that walk is, yes, we, I want you to move forward. This is a sprint. We're going to do this. But sometimes it's like slow down or even stop. Yeah. Um, and I just love how God's word has done that to your life. Now, you know, now that you're clearing stuff from your schedule, um, I know, you know, and you're, but you're still performing and you, you know, you're a writer, you're a speaker, um, you perform musically, but even though those things are still happening, what is the balance that you have now between doing it for God and doing it for people? Or maybe there's still a struggle. I know with me, um, you know, it's still hard. I want to go look at those Amazon reviews and I want to see <laughs> book sales. And I mean, it's a balance. Don't you think when we're in a world where we we do want to do well because we want to get the next book contract, but there's the balance of no, I'm actually doing this for God. I mean, how do you handle that balance? That it, it's it's still hard, and I think people pleasing because I am a I am just a redeemed sinner. <laughs> I think that will always kind of be a struggle for me. Um, but I, I'm hopefully it's I think Lisa Turkhurst that says imperfect progress towards a goal. You know, um, 
I, I pray that I'm more and more like Christ each and every day. So I, I look back each year and think, okay, am I, am I doing better with this than I was the year before? Hopefully, yes. You know, um, God's chipping away those hard places in me that, that just need to be more like Christ. But um, so I know I'm less of a people pleaser than I was a couple years ago. That's good. Um, but right now what I, what I do when I'm faced with something is I stop and think, um, okay, what's my motive? What would be my motivation if I said yes? Am I doing this because I want some sort of glory for it? Am I doing this to get people's attention? Am I doing this because I want to add a boy or an add a girl for it? You know, what's the real, I mean, that takes a little bit of soul searching and digging, which, so usually my first answer is always, I will pray about it. Um, I rarely right. ever say yes right off the bat um, because I just, I know myself too well. I'll say yes to everything um, to try to make people think I'm awesome, even when I'm clearly not. And because, um, I mean, you know, I just told my kids to watch SpongeBob and eat pizza. And um, it's so, <laughs> so, um, so that's that's my first step is just checking my motivation and actually praying about it. And I just saying I'm going to do it, but actually praying about it. And that's the second part of that. And then um, just seeking God's peace in it. And then look to look at my family. I go to my husband and say, can we manage this as a family, especially with those like out of state speaking engagements? Um, they're really tempting right. to, to go take a lot of times, but sometimes they're not always financially feasible or feasible trying to juggle um, the kids and doing all this stuff because that puts stress on him. And so um, we try to approach it now as a family. If we're all in agreement on it and we feel like it's the right thing to do and that God's telling us to do it, sure. But um, it's the, the hardest thing, honestly, is just church activities because there's a lot of things I honestly really enjoy doing and I like doing um, with the different ministries, but that doesn't always mean it's God's best for me. Um, I've, I've got to learn to um, seek and do God's best because sometimes if I say yes to everything, when God's best does come along, I can't say yes to it because I've over, I've overscheduled myself. And, um, and that's, that's really disappointing. You know, I'm like, Oh, if I just would have known what was coming, if I'd actually sought God's will first, instead of just saying yes to everything, I would, this, great opportunity I'd be able to take part in it now I can't you know so um I just try to slow yeah, my I love down that. a little bit and just wait for him um so that's that's kind of the the route I go now before yeah and I think God I mean God knows the future and he knows what's ahead and he uh knows what season we're in even with our kids and our family and you know even recently because I'm also like um you know first of all when someone approaches you with a, a ministry project or a work project. It's like, yes, you know, you, they thought of me yeah. and you, know, you just think that, Oh, that's something I could do. Cause we can yeah. do it. Like we can physically produce that product yes. or <laughs> teach that Bible study or whatever. Um, you know, and even recently I was finishing up a book project and I've, I've constantly had, you know, multiple book projects after I finished a project and an editor approached me about writing two novels and a novella for her. And I'm like, of course, yeah, that sounds great. And then it was like the next night I woke up in the middle of the night and just felt God's spirit so heavily. Like, did you pray about that? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> as I'm like, no, like I didn't even think like for me, and I love how that's your go-to, but for me, it's like, well, I've, you know, we could use the Christmas money. I mean, for me, it's like all these things yeah. and it's a, a project I can do. I've worked with this editor before. Um, it's not, you know, it'll take some time, but uh, you know, logically it seems like it should be a yeah. yes. And, but the more I prayed about it, I felt this God saying, no, yeah. like, no, this is, and so I had to go back here a week later and like, uh, remember how I said <laughs> yes? Um, I actually can't do that. Um, but now, you know, I'm doing rewrites on a book and my, it's my daughter's senior year, my other daughter and her, um, 
husband are coming for Christmas. And I am thinking I would be like in the middle of trying to add a novel into my already busy life. We're, we've been sick a lot, yeah. you know, all these things. And I'm like, I'm so thankful that God's like, and it, you know, it's God because I, I, it wouldn't have been me like this voice <laughs> saying, did you pray about that? Um, and so I love how God is just like, you know, no, I know it's ahead. I know you think it's a good idea, but no, don't do that. He, he so um, I just love that. And when I try to arrange, I, our oldest daughter is right now in a Christian high school. And although it's not super expensive, it was an expense for us. And so when she first started, I thought, um, are we going to be able to afford it? And my husband said, yeah, yeah, God, God will provide. It's okay. He's given us the go ahead. He'll provide. But I thought, well, I, I need to help God out. Because, you know, God always needs our help. <laughs> and so I began thinking, okay, I could start teaching piano again. Or maybe, um, oh, I know, I could start teaching classes on writing to our local homeschool group and charge it. And so I tried to do everything in my power to try to arrange all this stuff to happen. And all of it fell through. Well, that was just God reminding me, it's not up to you. I've got it. And we right. have not suffered one bit. You know, everything's fine. Callie's doing great in homeschool. Um, Nate's Nate's doing fine. We are all just as fluffy as we were when the year started. You know, there we have not suffered. Our plates have not suffered. We have electricity. Everything's fine. So, um, yeah, he's he's good. And it's I think he reminds us of that sometimes when he lets our plans fall through just to say, you know, just be dependent on me. I've got it. I've got it. Absolutely. That's so good. Now, you know, for those of us who have these struggles and, um, you know, sometimes we think, you know, is there more like, God, <laughs> why do these other hard things have to come? Like we've already struggled. Like we've done that. We've learned our lesson. Let's just move on, God. <laughs> but I know you've had um, pregnancy loss in your life. And I know, you know, currently there's some struggles with your little guy. Um, how is God using even those things to just draw you closer to him. And um, yeah, I guess that would be it just to draw you closer to him. He, he is so good. Yeah. I lost um, two babies. The first one um, I was six weeks along and it was sad. You know, um, anytime you have a, you, you lose a child um, it's, it's sad. Um, and, but the second one I lost, I was, uh, four, almost five months along. Um, that was devastating. Um, it, it required surgery. Um, and I just remember my OBGYN is also a wonderful Christian man. And, um, he knew that, looking back, I think he knew that, that the baby wasn't going to live. Um, my last appointment, he kept saying, the baby's heart seems a little slow. We need to keep an eye. Oh, we wow. need to keep an eye on it. And I, we just need to pray. We just need to pray. But he seemed really serious, you know. And um, but I thought I was one of those, again, super Christian mode. Well, God's not going to let that happen. Everything will be fine. We're just going to pray. And and um, sure enough, I, I started um, hemorrhaging and everything. And we lost the baby. And he said, here, there's just too much. There's too much fluid and uh, too much tissue. We're going we're gonna to have to do surgery. Um and so I just remember going in um, to the operating room and just crying and crying and crying because I thought, when I wake up, my baby's not going to be with me, you know. Um, mm -hmm. My baby's going to be gone. I want my baby with me and just crying and crying. And, um, and my doctor leaned over and he grabbed my hand and just held it real tight. And he said, Jesus is here. Jesus knows. Your baby's already with him. 
Jesus knows your pain. It's, it's okay. And he just kept saying that over and over and over until I fell asleep. And, um, wow. and, um, uh, not long after that, uh, it was, I was not sleeping well at night because with that first pregnancy, um, and I lost the baby, i I felt God with me and, um, I sensed his presence mm -hmm. with me. Um, when I lost the second baby, I didn't, I just felt numb. Um, I didn't sense God with me at all. And I think that was more terrifying, you know, and, uh, but I was just completely numb. And so I just uh, remember it was December and I remember looking out the window and I'd been crying all night and, um, our, we have a big uh, window that looks out over our backyard and we've got a pond and, and the sun was just beginning to streak the sky pink and, um, Arkansas birds are lazy. They do not get up and chirp in December. And so, um, but I heard one little bird that morning singing its heart out at oh, daybreak. Wow. And um, it, it was singing so happily that I, it caught my attention. So I kind of wiped my eyes and got up and just kind of pressed my face up against the glass and looked for it. And I found it in a tree right above our window singing its heart out. I thought if that bird can get up in middle of December when birds are not supposed to sing and it's cold, it was bitter that, that morning, I thought, I have a choice. I can either be angry and um, upset and mad, or I can choose to praise God um, like Job did. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord and thank him for the time I had my baby and thank him that I'm going to meet, see that child again, because I know that child's with him. Right. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to praise him. So I started singing, um, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I, I probably sang that for a month and, um, wow. God healed something inside me that day. And, um, I don't know. It's, it's just been different ever since then. Um, they're currently testing my son right now for autism. We're supposed to find out in a, in a few weeks um, uh, what his diagnosis is. But I, I feel peace about it because um, God's, God's got it. No matter what comes, each step in this life, you know, this world's not how God intended it to be. We messed it up. <laughs> and um, we, <laughs> right. it was us. It was our fault. And I thought if I'm going to be upset with anybody, I should be mad at, you know, the serpent and Adam and Eve and um, myself and everybody else. You know, um, it's not God's fault. And, and I, just, I should just be so thankful for Christ that he loved us enough, despite our faults and our flaws, to fix his heart upon us and still come and die for this this world that didn't even care you know but he loved us so much he did and he gave us hope and a future and and that's what i'm gonna praise him for um each and every day so praise is a choice that's what he has taught me through through all of this and losing losing my voice um that happened you know several um years ago with gastroparesis and but even with that um, God has led me into writing and birthed a new ministry through that. And so and no matter what happens, um, praise, it, praise is a choice. He said to give thanks in all circumstances. And um, I think that's what he, he has taught me so much in the past few years. And, and it really does take every bit of the anger and bitterness um, that this world throws at you away when you can really praise him in the middle of, of the storms, the good times and the bad. It makes a big difference.
Yeah. And I think, you know, as we're in December now and, you know, the holidays, it's so bright and cheery and gifts and lights and music. Um, but there's so many people out there hurting. And I, and I think each person out there is yeah. hurting in a, in some way, you know, I mean, even with the joy of Christmas, maybe there's someone around that yes. isn't going to be around the tree this year that we're going to miss. Maybe it is loss of a dream. Maybe like you talked about your health, mm-hmm. loss of health. Um, maybe it's those, you know, I, I know so many uh, people have miscarried, you know, loss of the, the babies and yeah. the, the hopes and the dreams in the future. Um, and then even with, with your little son, um, you know, we don't want to hear those scary diagnoses, but we do have the hope of Christ and we have the joy. And I love how you brought it around to worship. And one of my mm-hmm. friends, um, Francie, she was talking about um, just how whenever the hard stuff comes, just start worshiping. And she reminded me that on just a Voxer a couple months ago. And boy, that has made such a huge difference in my life. It's like, okay. This is hard. Let me think. What, what worship song do I want to lift up today? And I'm so glad you brought that back around. That um, it's all you know. Even though this world is broken, and our bodies are broken, and families are broken, and there's loss, and there's um, challenges that might be coming ahead, that we can look and say, God, you are worthy of our worship, and it just changes our heart. Um, it turns our hearts towards Him, and I just love how you just encouraged all of us to do that today, to, to turn our hearts towards Christ. And even in this season that should be full of joy, um, joy will come Absolutely. in, even in the dark times, that light will come he's, in the darkness. Ever present. And so I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So, um, I am super excited because you have a new yes. novel that'll be coming out next year. And I looked and the cover is up on Amazon, which um, I, yeah, so June 1st, um, 2018. And what I also love, because I know you and I know, um, I have not read this novel yet, but I know that all the stuff that God has been working in your life are going to come out in the pages of the book. (laughs) So I just love even in fiction, how we're able to use this stuff and um, bring out these messages of hope. So tell us a little bit about your novel and, um, and what uh, you just, just briefly about the storyline, but mostly just what God did. Well, you know, briefly, in the me, sometimes it's yeah, hard. I'll try, I'll try to be very brief. Um, and so it's, it's, in gra- <laughs> it's called engraved on the heart and it's a civil war um, historical romance. So, and I do love romance. It makes my heart happy. And um, it's about a, a girl named Kizzy Montgomery and she has been, um, she's hiding a secret and oh, I guess I can give it away because it's on. It's actually on the Amazon thing. She has epilepsy, and which I actually had growing up. And but oh, her wow. family has kind of been trying to hide her away because she's an embarrassment, you know, to them. And um, so she's always kind mm-hmm. of been told she doesn't have much much worth. Um, but her childhood buddy has come back, um, Micah Grayson, who of course is very handsome and heroic and um <laughs> of course i'm not gonna say who i had in mind for that because my husband might listen to this and i want to get in trouble but um, <laughs> but um, he's after my husband of course and um anyways he um he is now an abolitionist oh, yeah. and a very fiery abolitionist and is working with the underground railroad and he um teaches her about the horrors of slavery this is set in savannah georgia so very much 
Confederate territory. And um, so she begins, she, she discovers um, the horrors that these slaves are going through and and he helps get her feet set on the um, the Underground Railroad. Um, but, you know, her family is very staunch Confederates, and you can see there's going to be some major issues come up through there. But what I love so much um, about this story is the story of um, Keziah learning her worth in the eyes of God um, because she's been told all of her life she's, mm. you know, um, she's an embarrassment. Um, she's fallen for the lie that, that you're kind of, you're unwanted, you know? Um, and that's, that's what she has to learn about herself is that, that God created her. He wants her. Um, I've, t- a friend of mine struggled all of her life with that lie. Um, and I told her, I said, you know, a lie is only harmful to you if you believe it. Um, my husband tells me all the time that Buzz Lightyear flushes right. things down the potty. Um, if I actually believe that, I would be a paranoid mess in our house. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't believe that. Um, so a lie <laughs> is only harmful to us if we believe it. Um, but um, thankfully, my, my heroine uh, lear- learns to see her worth in God's eyes, that she is a priceless treasure bought for, um, bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus, and, um, and that he has that same um, desire for all of us to he, he paid for all of us we'll just come to him and and um yeah he loves each one of us so much and so that that's the story um thread that i just i love so much in in this story and talks a lot about freedom fighters and um so it's got the history it's got the romance and the spiritual thread and i don't know i just i, I really loved writing it so i hope i hope people will love it as well and the Underground Railroad, which is just one of my favorite things to read oh, about. Good. So I am very excited. So um, you have to check it out. You can pre-order yeah. now. It's our actually pre-order. You could, it's not going to come till June, but it'll be Christmas like present in June. Christmas That's right. now. <laughs> that will show up in June. Yeah. Um, so Engraved on the Heart by Tara Johnson. You have to check it out and consider um, pre-ordering that. And Tara, I just appreciate you being here today, sharing your heart. And we're really going to have to like do coffee together or maybe i'll come over there all that, the kids that we will, watch spongebob we can talk books and or relax like, or something and yes let the kids go we, we have a pond if it rains some more we'll just let them go fishing and we can hang out on the back deck and let them do yes that sounds okay that my kids would love that <laughs> since you're like <laughs> 10 miles away from me too, which so. is just crazy <laughs> it's great i know so for all those um, that maybe not have not connected with you online before, where can they find you? And We have um, a brand new yeah, website that just released this past week. Um, so it's www.tarajohnsonstories.com. And that has links on there to, I've got a blog and it has links to um, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. You can find me um, there um, and my author page also on Facebook. It has my private page, but also um, my my author page is author Tara Lynn Johnson. It's hard to find because apparently there's a lot of author Tara Tara Johnsons out there. So um, apparently it's a very common name. So um, author Tara Lynn Johnson on Facebook, you can find that. But and Tara Johnson stories. That's awesome. It. Yeah, and I see also there's a free gift. So if they put in their name that and email, is, so tell us a little bit about that. Look at the writing of Engraved on the Heart, how the idea for it came to be, and um, where I got a lot of the characters' inspiration from, and um, the trip to Savannah that prompted all of it. And it's it's a little fun, um, fun read. So 
hopefully we get people into the behind the scenes of the story. Great. <laughs> I love, I always love that. I always, especially when I have friends that have written, I'm like <laughs> texting them, okay, did this really happen? <laughs> what, what, where did you hear about that? So that's kind of oh, the fun well, part and, of having friends Savannah's that are writers. Cool. I mean, if I could pick a, a, another town to live in, it would be Savannah. It's just amazing. And some of the stuff in the book is straight from Savannah. So um, it's, it's a neat town. Very cool. I'm gonna have to go. We'll make our husbands watch been. the kids, and we'll just go. That would be that? awesome. <laughs> there we go. They can watch the SpongeBob and eat pizza with them. We'll go to that Savannah. We'll suffer for Christ in Savannah one day. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> that, that works. <laughs> well, Tara, thank you so much for being on Walk It Out today, and for all you're doing, and um, for all I know you do near and far. I love when you come and speak at our Teen Mops group. The girls just love you. You're one of the most requested speakers to come back. So just thank you for all you do. Well, thank you, Tricia. You're changing the world. I love I love how you are walking it out daily and influencing so many people. Wow, wasn't Tara's story beautiful? I'm so thankful that she truly shared her heart, her healing from the disease, the please, and her hope. It's a message that we all need this Christmas. It also reminds me of one thing that my friend Alexandria Kirkendall said on Susie Davis's podcast a few weeks ago. Yes, I'm a podcast listener. I love listening to podcasts too. And something that Alex said really struck me. I didn't write down her exact words, but she said something uh, to the effect that the more broken and weighed down we are this Christmas, the closer we are to the first Christmas when Mary welcomed God's son. And I have just been thinking about that, about that stable and that um, going through labor and being away from home and not having your mom there or family members and uh, being with the animals. I mean, all the things, how hard it must have been. Um, But also the hope that comes with Christmas. I love that. It's exactly what I needed to hear in the season of hard stuff in my life. Also, this is what Alex had to say on a blog that she recently wrote for Mops International. Um, and MOP stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. And both the link to this podcast, Susie's podcast, and the blog will be in the show notes. So Alex said on the blog, we stage manage Christmas for our people. We bake, shop, wrap. We go to concerts, parties, and send out cards. We do stockings, decorate the house, the office, even the car, and collapse at the end of it all. Because Christmas making is exhausting. There is always more that can be done, another tradition to start, another gift to buy or worse to make, another address to track down, and this crazy making, because that's what it really is. We lose the essence of the season. We forget that Christmas is about love coming down to earth. When we stop and consider how this holiday started, we remember a mom and her baby. There is a single verse in the middle of the Christmas story that's overlooked by many, but speaks directly to moms everywhere. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in their in her heart. And that's from Luke 2.19. Mary was in her post-delivery haze in the barn in a strange city. Her visitors, the shepherds, had just left, and I guess there was a moment of quiet in the midst of the chaos that surrounded her. I imagine she looked at her baby, counted his toes, considered the miracle that he was, Emmanuel, God with us, and let the wonder of the moment swirl around her heart. She didn't pull out the Christmas lights or elf movie to begin the Christmas merrymaking. She sat and considered that God, who is the very definition of love, had come in the form of a baby to express that love to the world. And that is my 
prayer to you, friends. Thank you, Alex, so much for that. Uh, I just know that God used both the blog and to see the podcast to speak to my heart this season. My prayer is that in the midst of our Christmas doing haze, that we will find a moment of peace in the midst of chaos, that we will know God with us, not despite the pain and brokenness, but in the middle of the pain and brokenness. And that's what he came for friends, that we may have peace, have joy, and have that love in him. So um, today's Walk It Out scripture was given to me by Tara, and it's Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, Call to me, and I will answer you, and tell you, and even show you great and mighty things, things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know. And that's the amplified version of Jeremiah 33, 3. I love that. I'm so thankful that God shows us the great and mighty things that he has planned, even in the midst of the hard stuff. Also, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different for the giveaway this week. Instead of giving out a book for one iTunes reviewer, because it's Christmas and I love giving gifts, I'm going to give out 10 books to the first 10 people who leave a comment that says, Jesus is my hope this Christmas, and leave it in the comment section on Instagram under the graphic for the show with Tara. So I'll repeat that again. Um, So go to Instagram, look for the graphic of this show with Tara, and uh, the first 10 people that leave the comment, Jesus is my hope this Christmas, um, I'll make sure my my assistant Kristen will get a book sent out to you. As always, you can find out more information about me on my website, trishagoyer.com, and know that you can find me on any social media sites like Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram under Trisha Goyer. Finally, friends, I'd really appreciate if you tell your friends about this podcast and encourage them to listen. As you know, this podcast is sponsored by my book, Walk It Out, The Radical Result of Living God's Word One Step at a Time, and it's published by David C. Cook. David C. Cook is a nonprofit publisher spreading God's Word in over 100 countries. That's just so amazing. So thank you for tuning in, and I pray this week you will be blessed and that Jesus will be your hope. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.